My guest today is the owner of Canine Clarity 315. RJ Ravis is a dog trainer who is extremely talented. He can help you get your dog to walk better on a leash to being in a public space better. He focuses on really improving your relationship with your dog. And I really love that he created this business to help shine a little bit more clarity you like what I did right there? Thank you very much. On uh, their dog's relationship and how how dogs really function and, and what their mindset is like. And man, he really pulled back the curtain on all the moving parts that go on with dogs. They're, they're uh, simple in one way, but complex in another. I love my dog so much and we had uh, Galaxy in training classes and Having a great local resource like RJ is uh, just fantastic. I mean, if you need any kind of training, get a hold of RJ at Canine Clarity 315. I'm going to put all of his links in the show description below. So if you are interested in dog training, make sure you click the links below and you can get in touch with RJ. As always, thank you very much for listening, watching, whatever platform you are enjoying this podcast. I appreciate your time and energy. If you are listening on Spotify, do me a favor. Hit that follow button and leave a rating for me. This is a new concept that I didn't realize you could leave a rating on a podcast on Spotify. So please, hey, it doesn't cost you anything. It does me a big solid, and I would appreciate it very much. So enough of me begging. Let's get to the show. Here's my friend, RJ. RJ, it's funny that you remember from Allen Road because I feel like when I was working for the town of Clay and doing the Allen Road thing, that feels like it was a lifetime ago. No, it was a lifetime ago. I was a literal 10 or 11-year-old when I met you. That's wild. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I know, and I thought you were the coolest person on planet Earth. And you were <laughs> a teenager, and it was very human, like, looking back. It was just very human. <laughs> That was uh, my first job ever that um, I, I really liked that job. It was pretty easy. Just hanging out with kids, running games all day. Yeah. And the summer was a little rough because it was like literally all day. Dude. We were babysitting those kids. Yes, you're, I was, you're my babysitter. <laughs> and uh, then we played, didn't we play Ultimate Frisbee together? I don't know if I had ever gone to Ultimate Frisbee, but I also know that you like were my neighbor at one point when your parents lived on Helen Street because I was friends with your sister in high school. Yep, we lived on the corner of Helen and Wells. I lived and... in the greenhouse on Helen. Oh, that's hilarious! Oh yeah. wow, small world, dude. Yeah, we lived close to each other. Are you? You're not still there, right? No, you're a other way. Yeah, I'm. T I'm more yeah. towards yeah. I think where you are now on Allen. Yeah. Uh, and I found out you were doing a dog like a dog trainer. And you own your own business, which I thought was really cool because not too many people uh, run off and start their own business, which is sweet. How long have you been training dogs for? So I've been training my personal dog for, well, he just turned three, so three years. Yeah, three years this year. Wow, that's cool. And yeah. like professionally, how long have you been training dogs for? So I've owned my own business for a year. However, I've been working training dogs for two years now. Nice. Nice. That's cool. And when you, uh, like was, were getting into the like dog training thing, how did you educate yourself? How did you learn? Is it all through reading or just like kind of learn as you go? So I read a lot of books. I connected with a lot of people that are very knowledgeable. I probably spent hours and hours on YouTube, TikTok, reaching out to trainers via zoom and learning from them. And gathering as much information as I possibly could and being probably like mildly obsessive compulsive about it because, and uh, just gathering up as much information as I could. What is your favorite thing about dog training? Well, there's a two, I would say two things I really enjoy about it is I like to improve the quality of life of dogs. And I really like to improve the quality of life of people because at the end of the day, I think it's very important to remember that when you're a dog trainer, you're working with people too. And it's important to put the 
humanity aspect in there as well because i feel like a lot of people that work with animals are very um not people people and i'm a people person so i like to take those two and just combine them it seems like when you are teaching dog it's more also teaching the the owner right like for sure yeah is it more of that than the dog yeah i mean like i sometimes i'll like lay like foundational skills for a dog and i'll give the parents you know like here this is what i would like for you to do let's practice it together because ultimately at the end of the day like i know i can train your dog but you need to be able to train your dog too i'm not right. always going to be here and you're seeing people what like once a week yeah once a week um i mean in some special occasions i will do twice a week but i think once a week is perfectly enough to so as to like not oversaturate like an owner or a dog with like mundane tasks, you know? Yeah, right, right. And that was what, when I worked at PetSmart, it was once a week. And I understand that was more of a corporate environment. So I don't know like what a, a personal entrepreneur, independent contractor, how they formulate. Because PetSmart was just like once a week, you have eight, eight weeks or six weeks of classes. Once you do that, you're done and we don't see you again. Um, it definitely depends also like on the program that I'm doing with somebody. If we're working on like a behavior modification program, such as like rehabbing a dog from reactivity or, you know, something like resource guarding, that would probably be a little more intensive than if someone was like, hey, I'd like to work on obedience. And I'm like, okay, once every two weeks, you know, or, you know, it's not nothing pressing that we need to address right now. You just want your dog to be able to do flashy things. Okay. So I think we can probably give you some time to practice that in between yeah and what do you think is like the most common thing people come to you with dog reactivity and leash walking dog what reactivity what does that mean reactivity yeah so well i'm speaking mostly in regards to leash reactivity but when it's when a dog is attached to a leash and they're they act like an absolute demon when mm -hmm. they see dogs people mailmen mm -hmm. but if they're off a leash they're most of the time fine but, what is it about the leash for dogs that just turn them into crazy wackadoodles? <laughs> so it's mostly like a fight or flight thing. Like they understand that they're like trapped. Mm, yeah. And they have a six foot radius. So most of the time it's like, here, let's make a scary display to right. because I'm either scared of that thing or I'm really excited to see that thing. Or I hate that thing like a lot and I want that thing fucking dead. So yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's uh we saw a lot of leash walking, a lot of people who just wanted to, the dogs to walk better on, on the leash. Is yeah. it just a matter of getting, just getting reps in with that? I would say it's like reps and consistency and like being, um, what's the word I want to use here? I honestly, it's just consistency. If you're going to set an expectation <laughs> to follow through with that every time, not being like, Oh, well, I had a long day at work and I really don't care today. Like it's just being consistent across the board because dogs are very opportunistic very similar to children if they see a hole in your in your consistency they're gonna be like and i'm gonna take advantage of you yeah thousand percent that's how my son haggles five things of yogurt in a day out of us this dude kid, you're saying he's a yogurt monster and that's awesome it's crazy it, it there's worse things he could be addicted to so whatever he's got a healthy gut right <laughs> yeah that's all that matters what kind of yogurt just uh drinkable is his thing drinkable you, and like the pouch yeah they're like still make those oh god yeah yeah they oh. come in, like these little containers like oh. literally like it, they they look like a it comes in like a five-hour energy shot oh yeah <laughs> container <laughs> dude at least your kid's like gut biome is like mint yeah right his gut biome is awesome and, <laughs> uh, his gut treats it like a five-hour energy because the dude is like bing boom bing boom all over the place dude that's great i love yogurt so i can relate <laughs> I'm just old and I like can't eat dairy like that. It yeah. gives me a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah. What is is there a thing to be said about dogs and their diet affecting their behavior too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, that's actually a really funny question that you brought up because most of the time if there is a behavioral issue, I look at a couple different things, especially if it comes out of nowhere. I look at diet, environment, and health, like just general health. Like so if like a behavior issue comes out of nowhere, I usually think okay have you went to have you gone to your vet first i would hate for you to spend money on training and like fluffy just has like an upset stomach yeah but yeah definitely diet um a lot of dogs are allergic to chicken i found allergic you know? to chicken yeah a lot of dogs have like protein allergies and my dog specifically wherever he is now he is 
Okay, he's cuddling with his lobster on the bed. He has oh. a chicken allergy. Oh. <laughs> and um, for a while, we were really kind of juggling between different foods and brands to see what had worked best for us um, as far as his diet goes. And he ended up with a kangaroo flavored kibble. And it was, and he has had no allergy issues or any like. Your dog gets kangaroo, RJ? Yeah, man, I have to. Dang, dude, that is awesome. I didn't even know they made kangaroo. Yes, it's my. I actually really like the brand. And what's the brand? Um, it's Signature. It's like a boutique brand. You can find it at like a, like mom pop pet stores. No, I see. When I was in PetSmart, I was entrenched in the dog food world. That was like our whole thing was like dog food and cat food and the the good, better, best. Like I, I still to this day cringe when somebody tells me they're feeding their dog uh uh kibbles and bits or pedigree pedigree they those two always make my heart skip a beat uh, yeah i was actually looking recently at <laughs> um i was looking at the kibbles and bits ingredient list and it is it, it's scary i don't think that there's a protein source until like the third or fourth ingredient which is a little concerning <laughs> okay now now i need to know for sure because now uh kibbles kibbles and bits ingredients because i remember the same thing because when we were when i was working at PetSmart, it was a major it was a major issue just trying to get people to switch food right because it's like kibbles and bits you can get a 50 pound bag for like ten (laughs) dollars makes no sense right um here you go here's the ingredient list corn Soybean meal, beef in bone meal. What is that? Uh, bone. I'm pretty sure. Correct. Someone just grinded bone. Is following. I'm pretty sure it's like, um, like scraps that are grinded. Yes. Then ground wheat, animal fat, in corn syrup. They put corn yeah. syrup. That's it's wild. Diet Coke for dogs. That's wild. <laughs> okay. So let's take here's a wellness senior dog food. This is what Galaxy's on. So I might expose myself or I might find out that wellness is a good brand. I like them personally. Wellness has been the only thing that hasn't triggered his uh, wellness senior dog food ingredients. Um, Let me see. We just had it. Uh, Okay. First one off the bat is deboned chicken. Then chicken meal, oatmeal, ground barley, ground brown rice, peas and rice. That sounds a lot better than whatever the hell is in kibbles and bits. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It was funny. I was was taking my knowledge of ever since I learned about ingredient labels, you know, while I was doing learning about dogs really in depth and such. And I went to the store today to Walmart and I was I've been heartbroken over Rayo's being purchased by Campbell's. I don't know if you're aware of this. No. Okay, Rayo's is the best jarred sauce. It is so fucking great. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. And I looked and I went to Walmart today and looked at their ingredient list. Granted, it's like seven dollars for a twenty-four ounce jarred, but the ingredient list is like it's seven ingredients. But if you like take something like ragu, like the ingredient list is this oh, long. Yeah. Like, that's scary. That like yeah. that's a lot. Yep. Yeah, it's a little sketchy too, and especially when you're talking about putting like this food in your dog and affecting uh, your dog's overall behavior, like yeah. that that really plays into effect, like the allergies, the overall mood of the dog. Yeah, when, I mean, I don't feel super great if I like my stomach is upset and I'm like feeling itchy and like I'm not in a great mood. Right. If I'm feeling itchy and someone's trying to touch me, I'm gonna bite them. That's me. <laughs> That's me though. <laughs> I, I have like a very solid karate chop like don't touch me thing down because i'm very not a, a t- my love language is not touch <laughs> how many times are you working with people and you evaluate and you find out like oh food's not so good maybe you should switch the food are you seeing that as a common problem um personally no um i also really like to stay in my lane in regards to um nutrition Fair. and like because at the end of the day i'm not a veterinarian i yep. could give somebody a suggestion but unless it's um like horrible, if I see someone is feeding their dog like kibbles and bits, of course I'll be you know I'll be like you know maybe like a higher quality because a lot of the times people complain about the consistency of their poop and right like oh it's very 
No, RJ, no. can you train my dog to shit better? Oh, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> I could work on it for sure. I can get him to go outside. I can't change the consistency of his turds. That I, I'm not, I don't specialize in that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely um, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now I when... also do like a lot of raw feeding too for my personal dog. Oh, raw feed. Yeah, that was that was coming out as I was leaving PetSmart. Like that was we got our fridge uh in pet smart as i was leaving and that was like the hot that new thing and now it went from one refrigerator to when i picked up galaxy's food the other day it's literally like almost half an aisle it's just yeah. refrigerator 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 and that must be taking off like crazy now it, it super is and i i just add a, a couple of raw things into my dogs you know into my dog's routine raw bones raw meaty bones you know Sometimes if I'm like cutting up chicken for dinner, I'll throw him a raw piece of chicken and people are like, oh my God, he eats raw chicken. I'm like, yeah, what do you think? Mother Nature puts out a bowl of kibble in the wild for him every night if there's strays. Sizzles it up a little bit for him. You yeah, know? just just a little. <laughs> just a little browning on the sides. Yeah, right. <laughs> Galaxy, I've seen that guy eat his own turd. He doesn't care if that, that chicken's cooked or not. See, I got so blessed with my dog personally because he is a diva and he does not like being dirty. So if he's like surrounded Fair. by poop in the yard, he'll like assess the situation and like kind of like, ooh, 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 oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then he'll like arc over it. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for not being gross. Yeah. Thank you for like not being disgusting because I, a lot of my friends' dogs, they are so gross that I'm so je not jealous. <laughs> That's Galaxy. Galaxy's gross. He'll like, he'll, he has this, uh, when I know he's on the scent of something, it's almost like I can hear his nose like, like clicking, like when he's, when he's sniffing, I can like click it. I can hear it clicking, you know. And uh, that's how I know he's on the hunt for a nice turd to eat, especially in the winter time. Okay, like, dude, don't do that for he sure. Don't like do the, that. the frozen turds. The frozen. He likes the poopsicles. He doesn't like do it in the summertime. It's like the DiGiorno. It's not delivery. The DiGiorno of turds is the winter icicle mixture. Yeah, that's for Amazing. sure. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that in Walmart before, for sure. Now, when um, someone wants to start training with you, what does first contact look like? So typically, I always schedule a free consult with somebody just so I know if I'm, what issues they're um, experiencing or something I am comfortable, A, and B, qualified to take on. So we'll have a phone call and we'll go over, you know, how old is your dog? What breed? How long has this behavior been an issue? Is this new? Is this recurring? You know, just like a, a quick phone call to decipher if we're a good fit for each other. Um, most of the time, I think everyone and I are a good fit because I really like talking to people and getting to know people. So, yeah, RJ, you're a chatty Kathy. Nothing wrong with that. That's one of your, that is a great quality to have, dude. I oh, also yeah. suffer from being a chatty Kathy as well. Uh, yeah, all my report cards in high school said a pleasure to have in class, not to brag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And, what, and you said if you're qualified for it, what kind of things aren't you qualified or don't you take on? Um, things I don't feel comfortable taking on are human aggression mm. or, um, I mean, it's really just aggression at the end of the day. Anything else I feel pretty comfortable taking on, um, personally because I'm such a people person and I'm kind of a feeler, I don't know that I could have hard conversations, like really hard conversations with people regarding their dog. And, and in the sense of like, oh, your dog hurts people and it, it needs to get put down in that sense? or Yeah, like... absolutely. Behavioral euthanasia is a conversation that sometimes needs to be had when you work as a trainer with aggressive dogs. And that's not something I'm comfortable doing. Yeah, it's, that's like, tough. It's like being the doctor that tells somebody that you're terminally ill. It's like, oh, you know, because yeah. you, you're the bad guy, no matter what. You can't spin it like, but you get to go to Disneyland. Yeah. Like there, there's no, there's no consolation prize. You're just a dick. And I can't, I can't be that person. Yeah. I don't, that, that's heavy. That's, that's a heavy to put your dog down. That's, that's a rough decision to make. But hey, listen, I don't want to dwell on crazy, sad things. <laughs> but you are able to basically from that evaluation, you start building a plan. What does the process look like when you're trying to uh, say the dog, 
I call you and I say, look, man, I just want Galaxy to walk better on on the leash. What does the process look like for you to build out the next four weeks of training classes? So it entirely depends on what the so like say Galaxy. It would depend on what Galaxy's particular issues were. So as far as walking goes, is Galaxy running and lunging at the end of the leash? Um, trying to attack squirrels or is galaxy like pulling you down the street because they want to go like sniff the next mailbox or you know it, it really depends on that so the very first thing i will look at is like biological fulfillment and how we can kind of fulfill our dog a little bit more prior to the walk and making sure that they are biologically satisfied more in mm. general right because some dogs like are are seekers right yes. like they really like to to hunt and smell stuff rather than uh other dogs that might just want to chill a little bit. Yeah. And so like something like leash walking is I would build a lot of value to being around whoever has the leash on and paying attention to whoever is holding the leash, the handler. Um, so using positive reinforcement, playing games, not being predictable, not being boring and being the most interesting thing around. Yeah. How how do you be the most interesting thing around? Is it just like treats, like little doggy so, treats? It depends on whatever your dog finds reinforcing. Um, we don't personally get to decide what's reinforcing for dogs. I know 98% of dogs really like food. However, my personal dog would tell me to go F myself if the only <laughs> thing I walk was a treat. Yeah. He would be like, no, I'm not about it. Now, if I brought a Powerade bottle... And put a string through it he would think that i was like jesus christ walking on water like, Whoa. Would be like amazing i love oh my god i get to play with this with you on a walk. so so what do you do with the string you just like tie it around the top of the powerade bottle i mean someone one could get creative and like drill a hole in the bottom this is a lot of work i would never do this but if you're more ambitious than i am you could like drill a hole and like get a string and like tie a knot and like turn it into a tug toy uh that's um, cool. I'm also the firm belief that anything can be a toy to a dog if you're fun enough. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in a dog's eyes that like, that's a cool color blue. Some yes. of those toys, it's like, that is a cool color to them. You know, it's like visually stimulating to them. Yeah. I just like to like teach people that it's okay to like pay our dogs a paycheck and it's also okay to have expectations with our dogs. So what I mean by paying them a paycheck is giving them something that's reinforcing. You and I don't go to work every day to get paid for free. Dogs shouldn't either. There should be something in it for them too. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Is it always uh, uh, that that exchange of payment, always that like reinforcement while you're trying to do something? Um, Typically, yeah. Um, a lot of the times they could do, like you can make a pattern out of it. So like, most of the time, yes, I'm just using treats to positively reinforce something. I'm becoming more, like I'm telling people to become more unpredictable. So a lot of the times we walk the same boring route. We walk the same, we stop at the same boring stop signs, you know. So I tell people like, okay, like switch it up. Like if you see your dog drifting off into La La Land, start walking the other way. And all of a sudden you're so much cooler. Yeah, right, right. And just changing the direction that you normally go. Like, yeah. and, like we go around the block one way uh pretty much every time that we go and i went with galaxy the other way the other day and i thought it was very weird how his body rhythm changed just from going the other direction and i'm like bro this is the same stuff you see all the time i don't understand why he was like more like on like uh more aware like right for something i don't know what it was and we did the same block just opposite direction that's it so were you walking like on the other side of the street as opposed to like that's yeah. true too so that not only smells. was i going the opposite way but i'm on the other side of the street which he usually doesn't smell so i'm sure that that played an effect oh, too. I'm, what kind of dog is galaxy i don't think i've ever seen him uh he's a pit mix uh he's got pit and lab mix in him i actually and... really like pit lab mixes lou i really don't want your lobster right now my sweet boy i'm sorry what's that my dog is like trying to shove his lobster onto my lap oh <laughs> yeah he's um uh galaxy's a a good dude he just has a he has like the derpiness of a oh there he is look at him <laughs> galaxy got the derpiness of a lab but a thick head of a pitbull you know okay. what i mean like <laughs> like pitbulls are like uh i find very loving and more surprisingly energetic than some dogs 
Like, see, I hear mixed things about pit bulls. Um, I actually have a friend who's like very into. Um, okay, buddy. <laughs> he's like, I want to be the star of the show now. Yeah, he's like trying to up upstage me. We know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I personally hear mixed things. I know a lot of my friends that have pit bulls are very like, oh my god, this is a house hippo, and <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it, house hippo, because he's got a big old belly. He used to be way bigger. He used to be pretty chunky. But uh, when I met Brittany was when I got his diet in order. I was definitely feeding him way too much. He was a chunky boy. Happens to the best of us. I cannot get my dog to gain weight. Oh, interesting. Is it because uh, what kind of dog is it? I think they're, they're known for having high energy. Um, he is a golden retriever poodle mix. Oh, that was not what I was thinking it was. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Genetics are crazy. My friend um, who is a biomedical engineer major is like, she drew out a whole little Punnett square for me and explained to me why, because both of his parents were golden retriever poodle mixes, that he would be more likely for him to come out with straight hair than curly hair. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Did you do one of those uh, genetic testing things? No, I didn't. It, it's it's pretty cool we did it we did ours for galaxy and Terry when she was around and uh it was just surprising we thought galaxy would be way more of a mix uh but it was literally pitbull lab and then Terry's was like five that we were just we were surprised that we we weren't anticipating that uh yeah i, I would like another dog eventually but um the idea of a puppy is what's the word i want to look for horrible <laughs> yeah, like like having to potty train it and do potty everything training, all over again. Um, it's so much better when it's somebody else's situation. Yeah, right, right. Now, on the business side of things, how are you actively growing your client base? Um, I really prefer word of mouth. And I do maybe subtle advertising on um, social media, but I'm not looking to become uber rich from doing dog training you're not trying to be caesar milan no uh, definitely not trying to be caesar milan um you know it's just i i would prefer to be casual i'd like to be able to help people in a genuine way rather than looking to create like a multi potentially million dollar corporation i i am just very much more like i want to be personal with people i don't want to like have them just be a number or a name on a piece of paper, go to their house, feed them a line, and then go. Right. I would I would very much so prefer having a more meaningful connection with people. And maybe that's my downfall. So everything is, well, I mean, it's not really downfall. I'm kind of the same way in my real estate business. I don't like to be, um, I don't really post too much about sold, 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 close, close. I just feel like it's, um, it's kind of hollow. So... Yeah. I much prefer like word of mouth and like I do social media stuff like no doubt, but I don't, I try to make it as less obvious and more from a like educational standpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's <clears throat> awesome. I'm sh like, I feel the same way. Excuse me. <clears throat> All right. So uh, a lot of your business has been uh, from just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Word of mouth, I mean, I have, like, yeah, for real, really, like, friends of friends have reached out to me. Um, it's it's great. I really prefer that than... Now, have you, uh, like, started building, like, a database of people's names, emails, stuff like that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I have uh, everyone's, like, contact information, all their everything in, in a file on my computer. And that's about it. Again, I'm not kind of like a boomer, Corey. Yeah. Right. I'm horrible. <laughs> Even though I'm well, like, what, four or five years older than me? Yeah, I'm uh, 31. I'll be 32. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, I'll, I will be 32. Oh, really? When's your birthday? Uh, The 27th. So this is going to come out the 29th. So. Oh, my God. Two days before my birthday. Oh, yeah. So You're a Libra, too. What's that? You're a Libra, too. Yep, that's right. I don't know if that means uh, anything to you in particular, but. What was that? I don't know if being a Libra means anything to you in particular, but um, no, honestly, I don't really, uh, I don't have anybody around me who's like super into horoscopes, and I don't like actively 
seek out that information. So I just like, I know I'm a Libra and that's the extent of what I know. Um, are, are Libras like Corey's? Um, I would say, yeah, I would say you're pretty like dignified. I don't know. A lot of my knowledge of any of that stuff comes from my one friend who's like, oh my God, you're such a fucking Libra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like does everybody have that one friend who's like, oh man, you're such a, can't you're such a Sagittarius you're such a <laughs> absolutely but you know what it's great though because then you kind of almost have like an excuse for like being being you <laughs> yeah right right it's like all right cool sweet uh but no I just I just never really like dove into that aspect of things it's it's super funny to hear about it because it's like kind of meany but at the same time it's like oh my gosh how did this like read me for filth like that I wasn't prepared to like be told that I all these things about myself. Yeah, how why why is it so true? What are you doing to me? Why are you why are you hitting all my pain points right now? <laughs> yeah, like I I downloaded this CoStar app one time and I was like, oh my god, this thing literally just read me for filth. I just want to like hide for the rest of the day because I feel very seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, God dang, you you exposed me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now um with you just doing like word of mouth do you ever do like like um trade shows or like is that your cup of tea like do holding on a tent and doing trade shows and stuff no i i don't know it's just like to me it's hard to do that kind of stuff without and again i have friends that do this stuff so i'm trying to find the right words just for what my personal perception of how i would look as a man which is probably douchey. <laughs> douche? How so? How would you look like a douche? Um, I just think that I don't know. I just have a perception of certain things, and I would put that onto myself in those scenarios. And I'm also um, I don't know. I'm just not a very showy person, right? Like, I I don't know. Like, it took some convincing for you to come on this show. Did it? No, not at all. I was gonna say. <laughs> Like, yeah, of course. I asked you, you were like pumped. You were like, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because I like this whole uh, dog training aspect. It's something that I've not had in my life or talked to somebody uh, since I was like 20, 21, like 10 oh. years ago when I was working at PetSmart. Really? It was oh, like the last. Since you worked at PetSmart? Yeah, I worked at PetSmart until I was 17, 18, 19. 2021 20, so, uh 22 was when i left wow. yeah i was like 22 23 i left petsmart and then i transitioned to runnings after um, oh my god oh cool when, so when did you work at runnings when what year would that have been when did they open i feel like it was 2014 14 or 15 for sure because they worked at the lows on 31 at the time that they opened ah yeah and they were we, shaking uh, in their boots when Running's open. They were shaking in their boots. That's hilarious because we were shaking in our boots opening because we were one of the first stores. The Liverpool store, I was there when we were opening and it was, uh, when I was on board, the shelves were up, but there was zero product anywhere in the store. So every day I was coming in, a new truck would come in, we'd unload it, put it on the shelves, wait for a new truck the next day. Like it was just like rinse, wash, repeat forever. Um, and the only other store at the time was the Rome Runnings. Okay. And we weren't too sure how we were going to, because Rome, um, I, I don't mean this in any negative connotation, but like it's by Camden. It's out like kind of in the boonies where like yeah. a lot of farm people are at, you know what I mean? And Runnings in Liverpool is like, yeah, the location of... was like, I don't know. It was kind of up in the air. So um, you know I have a beef with runnings, and you want to know what my beef with runnings is? Let's hear your beef with runnings because I'm not there anymore, so I don't care, dude. Okay, no shade, no hate. They need to install a cell tower. I can't go into that store and use my cell phone, man. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I, sometimes I need to use my phone when I'm in a store, and it stresses yeah. me out. I'll be on the phone with my mom talking about like real housewives or something, man, and it drops the call. <laughs> yeah, it was a tin can in that place. Yeah, that, is, that was old Walmart, right? They, yeah, old Walmart. Yep, exactly. Oh God, bringing me back. Yeah. I know that's uh, when they were building. It was very eerie, be, be like seeing them build it and seeing the shelves up because there's like parts of it. When I was younger, my mom took me to that Walmart like all the time. So like being in that building while you're older, at like 
So I was in there, what, 24? And when I was like eight or nine was when we were there when I was younger. We'd go to Walmart. We'd go to Kmart and Mattydale. So, like, oh. those were the two places that we'd go. So it was weird seeing that place, like, from, like a shell to shelves to oh, a running okay. store out of an old Walmart. Yeah. Um, I remember when that was the only Walmart in the area. Yeah. Wow. Long time ago. Yeah. I can't even... I just remember having to go to the Central Square Walmart with my dad, and I was like, oh, my God, it's a field trip. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so far away. It was like a 20-minute drive, but, man, it felt so long. <laughs> when you're a kid and you're you're in the car, you're trapped in the car with nothing to do, it felt, everything felt like it would take forever, you know? Yeah. Where was my iPad, man? I know. <laughs> I'm glad I grew up in, in the generation that we did because, like, I had – my Game Boy that had like limited access to the internet and I could still have a device to play with like Pokemon, right? Like I was able to play Pokemon whenever I wanted, but I didn't have the social media stress and anxiety that the kids have now. It's wild. Sir. Nope. <laughs> Actually violating that pillow back there? Yeah, absolutely. He's getting super hyped up because he's... <laughs> His lobster is very much so getting the the lobster turning. <laughs> now, RJ, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to somebody who's like struggling with with their dog just in general? Um, I would say the best piece of advice I could give anybody is to try your best to not and okay, hold on. If I can say this word right, I'm gonna give myself a high five perhaps okay try not to anthropomorphize your dog oh okay so don't put human emotions onto your dog to like hurt your own feelings or to maybe justify behavior that you find annoying because dogs work very simply and it's seek pleasure run away from um discomfort and that's the only two modes that you can really like break down behavior to. Hmm. Interesting. And how, how have you learned about the just literally like books and like self-taught? Like that's pretty cool. Um, books, self-taught, videos. I've connected with so many different trainers all over the world. As far is as is that like that's gotta be a Facebook group, the National Association of Dog Trainers. So uh, mostly TikTok, to be honest with you, is how I've met wow. a lot of people that really really were helpful that's cool what were you doing before you started your your business so when i oh gosh do you need my do you want my whole resume or do you want like my adult one <laughs> <laughs> just your whatever you just just left do your dog training um what was i doing before i worked at lowe's from 2014 until 2000 21 and then i had a brief stint at bankers healthcare group that didn't work out and and then you're just like screw it i'll just start my own business what is the name of your dog train do you have like an official name yeah canine clarity 315 how did you come up with that name um honestly god i had covid i was sitting on my couch and i was like okay um what are some things that i would like to provide people service clarity you know, give people clarity into what's going on, insight, and that's it, really. I like to be pretty simple. What drove you to just to start this business? Um, I, how do I put this lightly? Love my dog. His behavior, I do tell people all the time that he is my sleep paralysis demon, and he's very annoying, but that's just me living with him. He's actually the most wonderful dog on planet Earth, and Everyone is obsessed with him. And if I could give that to somebody else, I would. that makes me very happy. Because it's a very, very large weight off of your chest when you have a dog that you don't need to worry about. You don't need to worry about them running away. You don't need to worry about them toppling over guests, attacking random things. Like Being able to give the gift of a good dog to somebody is the best gift ever. Because it really, um, I, in my opinion, gives you a lot of freedom in life. Yeah, that it does too, especially when you're not like filled with anxiety when you're at the family event and your dog's by yourself and you're like, did he get into anything? 
Right. Man, I hope he didn't just shit on the floors. God, I hope he didn't hump a hole into the decorative pillows. God, yeah. I hope he didn't do it. Yeah, no, I got a hump hole. Damn. <laughs> There's some power behind that. And was there an event that just like led you to want to start this business, or was it just you being bored in COVID and being like, "Shit, I just want to do my own thing"? Um, a lot of things led up to it. I mean, so I got my dog, and I being the perfectionist that I am, which one could say that may be a Libra thing, um, <laughs> could not picture anything. Nothing would be more devastating to my own personal pride and ego than someone coming into my house and being like, holy shit, your dog is annoying. Oh, yeah, that would hurt. That would eke my soul. Now yeah, I think same, it's funny, yeah. and if someone said it to me, I'd be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Same. I feel validated. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what's weird is like I see galaxy and dogs just in general as like this anchor of happiness in the house. Like when you walk in the house, like I, I love that. Like I'm he's so excited seeing me. Well, not anymore. Galaxy a little bit older, so it's like hard for him to get off the couch now. So he doesn't really greet me at the door like he used to. But I like that like he is the the epitome of happiness when people come in the door he's just like oh my god what is up dude mike i haven't seen you dude look at this toy like i love that they're like this source of joy for other people that are like oh galaxy what's up like that that is warming to me but if he was a shithead i would feel terrible yeah i am the opposite i don't want to be perceived walking back into the house when I leave the house, because sometimes I'm coming home to like, I'm on a break from work and I need to like recenter myself. So I've really taught my dog like, hey, you know what? I will come over and I'll say hi to you. But I need to like go like get my bearings because I'm a very, um, I need my me time person. And I can't be like, when I walk through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. So Absolutely. And I tell people that all the time. I don't have... Nothing in any of my programs you'll hear from me say, you need to do this. Your mm -hmm. dog needs to act like this because at the end of the day, that's people's decision and how they want their dog to act. My preference is, we just saw, very different from your preference. You love when your dog comes to say hi to you. I Nothing sounds more horrific to me than my dog running up to me after I'm getting home from a long day. Ah, uh, <laughs> right, right. Thing to take care of. I love you, but oh my God, I just need a break. <laughs> you just want to decompose. You want to yeah. process your day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, not to say like, oh my God, I hate my dog. But, you know, it's like with anything else in life, you're just like, I just want five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes to like just. Let me compose myself. So. Yeah. Uh, but that that time allows you to give uh, what's your dog's name? Lou. Lou. That allows you to give Lou uh, the best version of RJ. Exactly. And the most present version of RJ. Yeah, I like to be really real with people about stuff like that. Like, I tell okay another one thing I do tell all of my clients is your dog is annoying, but guess what? Mine is too. And the best trainer, the best trained dog on planet Earth, is annoying. You want to know why they're annoying? Because they live with you. You're going to think they're annoying. But they're yeah. never going to be perfect. My dog's not perfect. I tell people all the time, there's so many things that more that I would like to work on with him. I don't come into people's houses and act like my shit doesn't stink. I tell them, we're all human beings. We're all flawed. There's all things that we could work on. But at the end of the day, nobody's dog is perfect. Don't use me as a pillar of measuring your own like successes with your dog. Because we're different people again. So Yeah. What is a common mistake a lot of people make when they start training a dog? Or, um, I would say so. If people bring a puppy home, giving a puppy too much freedom is something I have definitely noticed is not definitely a very common thing that people do. And uh, giving them too much freedom just looks like what? Um, I don't, so personally bringing a puppy into a home, too much freedom to me looks like they have access to the entire house. Oh, you like to keep it locked into a few choice rooms or whatever room I'm in, the puppy is in with me. Mm, gotcha. So the way that I look at it, anything that our dogs do wrong when they come into our homes, whether they be a rescue, a puppy, a, pu a rescue puppy, 
a family member's dog, anything that they do in your house that we perceive as naughty is our fault. That is what I tell everybody. Because dogs don't know what right from wrong is, right? That would be like us going into a wolf den and then like getting attacked by wolves because we did something, but we don't know what we did. We just walked right. in and we're like, yo, what's up, wolves? And they were like, ah. The social standards, you don't, you don't understand what they are. Right, we're different species. And at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people again, anthropomorphize their animals and say, oh, my dog knows they're naughty. Okay, how, how, are, how do they know they're naughty? I usually like will ask my friends that. They're like, oh my god, my dog is so naughty. And if I'm in a mood to joke around, I'm like, oh my god, so naughty, so cute. But if I'm like being, if they're like, okay, but really help me. Like, okay, how are they naughty? What is your perception of naughty and how does that translate to a dog? Did you email them and tell them they were naughty? Alright, here. Let's do, let's do a little role-playing session because I got a great bit for galaxy right rj okay. i know galaxy is naughty because sometimes when we leave the house his big ass cinder block head will dig his head into the recyclable uh uh bag the grocery mm -hmm. bag we have with the recyclables in it and he'll pull cans out he'll pull papers out and the second we get home that dude puts his ears down and he runs away he knows he's being naughty, dude. Okay. He knew he did some shit, RJ. <laughs> Help so, me out. What do I do, RJ? So what I would do is not... So I tell everybody with anything dog-related, practice makes perfect. So if your dog does something that you think is annoying, but we're setting them up in the same scenario every time, we're setting them up for failure, one... Two, it sounds like a management fail, right? So my personal dog, he loves, loves when I get a midnight Cheez-It snack and I leave for the next day because I am a human and I leave my Cheez-It bowl on the nightstand or my little yogurt mm -hmm. and he eats it. So I get home and I'm like, dumbass RJ, why'd you leave that there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's. So, because we, I set him up for failure in that scenario. And it's not really failure. He's being a dog, right? Yeah. Dogs eat and they're scavengers. So. And to counter that, I would uh, completely agree because our dumbass should not have the recyclable bag right next to the garbage can Excuse in me. plain sight. But for us, we're like, I just break down a box, boom, goes right in the, the grocery paper bag and then when it's full we bring it out <laughs> and he's usually pretty good like he's good 90 percent of the time but there's sometimes okay. where he's mad because i had to i had a really busy day and i had to leave for 10 hours out of the house and he's pissed and rightfully so you know what i mean yeah but he knows when i walk in that door he's like oh shit <laughs> oh <laughs> He just starts to like back away. He's like, oh shit, I know I shouldn't have done this. Ooh. This dog, I want you to know, he only, okay, so this is me anthropomorphizing my dog. He is like, holy shit, dad, I love you so much. Please pay attention to me, but only because you're busy right now. <laughs> okay, you can get up here. And the second this ends, he'll, he'll be, be off. Like, I want nothing to do with you. Look <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> <look> deranged. <laughs> Lou. What up, Lou? Now, do you find a lot of what you learned has been like super beneficial for like your dog in general? Had to be. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Everything is super way. great. He's wonderful. He's he doesn't have a gun up to my head right now, I promise. <laughs> As he pushes all of his weight into you. Yeah, all like 57 pounds. <laughs> oh, okay. That's very sweet. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. My I, fun fact about my dog is he would actually um, set up camp in my ass if I allowed it. Yeah. Nah, that's some of the, especially with him. He's literally inching his way right now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. This would be a totally different conversation right now. <laughs> RJ, I just want to say again, thanks for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Of um, course. If there's somebody listening right now that wants to set up an appointment with you or a consultation with you, 
How do they go about doing that? They could um, hop onto Instagram, Facebook, look up Canine Clarity 315. You can even message me privately. Could reach out to me via text. My phone number is linked on my personal Facebook, my business Facebook account, and my Instagram Facebook or my Instagram business account. Canine Clarity 315. What I'll do, um, send me a link. Uh, any links that you want me to put in the show description. So anybody listening right now or watching on YouTube, you can uh, go to the show description below. You can click all the links. You'll find RJ's Instagram. We'll put that up in there. Uh, and anything else, RJ, that you want me to throw in the description, uh, we will do so. Okay. Uh, anything else, dude? Uh, you know what? I think I'm good. I got one more question. What's up? Is there a way we can stop galaxy from taking seven shits on a walk um how old was galaxy when you got him i got him when he was a puppy okay he was like uh 10 weeks old when did he get neutered if great at all. question um we got him neutered okay i don't think i don't think we made it a point i think he when we got him he was already neutered and recovering oh okay um, a lot of the times I see that in dogs that want to mark. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Because Galaxy will literally, we call it squeezing the lemon, where like he'll take one big pee in the beginning of the walk, but then like sprinkle in like literally squeezing a lemon peel, like just the spritz that comes out. For sure, yeah. Yeah, my dog does the same thing. So they do that with poop too? It's not just pee? Like they, they mark their territory with shit too? Yeah. But seven. Dude, I got you seven bags on a walk. Like, dude, chill. Just take one massive Seven poops? What's that? Seven poops? Uh, that's an exaggeration. Most we've had is like three or four. Okay, yeah. That's one, too. I took that him to the park the other day, and I the he pooped three times. And the last poop that he created was maybe the size of the scan sanitizer cap. Yeah. And I was like, buddy, you're going to give yourself a little hemi from squeezing so hard. You don't need to be, you know, it's, if it's not ready, it's not ready. That's the first time I've heard someone call a hemorrhoid a hemi. <laughs> Dude, that's a great place to end a podcast. RJ, thank you very much. You've been a blast. I've learned a lot today. Thank you for your time. Yeah, of course, Corey. It was nice chatting with you. Boom. Not so bad.